Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. All right, it's time for another edition of Your Financial Mission. Oh, I don't know why I haven't made that rhyme before to start off the show, Janine. <laughs> After all the episodes we've done, it was a pretty easy one to walk into there. Another edition <laughs> there you of go. Your Financial Mission. <laughs> I'm not much of a poet, but uh, in any event, welcome to another show. We've got a great episode on the way for you today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus, your financial commander at Theus Wealth Advisors, serving you throughout Howard County with an office in Columbia. And uh, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can, since we're kind of a spy-themed show here, we're going to talk about sabotage on today's <laughs> show. Uh, but actually, we're going to talk about how to not sabotage something, how to not sabotage your own retirement will be the guidance that we're giving out here today. Uh, that plus, we've got a fun little story to tell you about in our Did You See This segment and a good in the news headline to discuss as well. But Janine is back with us once again. And uh, Janine, we're already into December as we record today's episode. Can you believe it how 2019 has just flown by? Amazing. You know, right? it seems like every year it just goes faster. So. It does. It does. No doubt about that. I think it was just January. And this January. is one of those decades, right? This is a decade oh, yeah. ender. So yeah. yeah. You start looking at chunk in, in life in chunks, you know, whenever you get to the end of the decades. And it's always interesting to see what happened in 10 years of your oh, life. Oh, yeah. And people, everybody forgets because there is so much going on. There's so much information. There's so much activity. And it's really easy to lose 10 years. <laughs> it is. It goes by quick if you're not paying attention. Extra, extra, read all about it. And so for this week's news headline, we turn to a Social Security story. So we just talked about Social Security on our previous episode. By the way, if you didn't hear that one, go check it out. The episode right before this one, we talk about Social Security misunderstandings. Uh, but here we have a headline about Social Security. They recently announced that retirees will be getting a 1.6%. A Let me amend that. A whopping 1.6%. <laughs> cost of living adjustment, otherwise known as a COLA, on their monthly benefits in 2020. Uh, will that increase matter at all to your clients, Janine, or is it essentially irrelevant when these things tick up by, you know, a percent? Well, you know, every increase is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> every little bit helps, right? Every that little bit helps, especially, yeah, especially in Social Security benefits. I mean, 1.6, okay, that's better than you get in your bank account. <laughs> probably <laughs> true <laughs> so i think for a lot of people it doesn't sound like much but most of i think that's about your average increase for social security colas and you know we've had it we had an increase last year we have an increase this year but there were a couple of years in the previous administration when there there was no increase to very little increase so i mean the economy's doing very very well so i think um you know it should have been like two and a half, but hey, 
I'll take the 1.6. <laughs> Something's better than nothing, right? Exactly. There's another saying exactly. that we should apply here. So. Yeah. And I mean, to, to a lot of clients who are going to be dependent on, or a lot of people who are going to be dependent, more dependent on the Social Security benefit, it does matter. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. If your clients were dependent on Social Security, you would you would have some questions to answer at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the only game in town, that would be a problem. <laughs> your, your, your whole job is to make sure that that doesn't become the case, right? That's right. But yeah, for those who do rely on Social Security as their sole means in retirement, it's a bigger deal for them, for sure. So mm-hmm. a little extra fun money maybe for your clients, right? Right, right. Just a little extra. One, one more night of, you know, able to eat out each week, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's about right, because you're on permanent vacation when you're in retirement, so. That's right. You can, an extra trip to the Applebee's uh, each week or month with that increase. There you go. Uh, well, it was uh, worth discussing, though, because Social Security always makes the news and grabs people's attention, for sure. Speaking of things that will grab your attention, it's time for Did You See This?, where we bring you odd pieces of news from the world of personal finance, investing, and estate planning. A British man spent $30,000 in legal fees and court costs fighting a $100 speeding ticket. Adding insult to injury, he lost the case. Oh, so, he's a man of principles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, can he do math? Did he? Did no one ever sit him down and say, "This is going to cost you an arm and a leg, and maybe an eye"? You know, so because who would do that? Honestly, um, I don't know. It does happen. It does happen in divorce cases where you'll spend a lot of money getting through a divorce or getting custody of the children, and you may or may not win. Hmm. And so um, I had an attorney tell me years ago that uh, when I was exclaiming that whatever happened to justice when um, my younger son got in a little bit of trouble, and he said, um, well, it isn't about justice anymore. It's about what you can prove in court. Hmm. So, um, the clearly, distinction there. Yeah. So, um, clearly the guy didn't have a good lawyer, even though he spent like one. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, or had a lot of money to burn and just wanted to try and prove a point, I suppose. Yeah. But, that, uh, yeah I mean, that could be. It's just, uh, that's a little, uh, excessive. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, it seems like there are more important points to be proven. If yeah. you're going to, you know, sink some dollars in there. Yeah, if I'm going to court to fight for something, it's not going to be over a speeding ticket. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, especially a speeding ticket. This doesn't seem like, uh, there's not a whole lot to argue there, I suppose. But I'd like well, to go read more on that case. Yeah, well, and, and, well, and around here, especially, you've got we've got speed cameras, we've got red light cameras. I mean, they're capturing everything. So I just make faces and wave. <laughs> Obviously, there's always interesting stories about people trying to fight speeding tickets and and those kinds of things. Let's get into uh, talking about our main topic of the day, Janine, and that would be sabotaging our own retirement or maybe more importantly, how we can not sabotage our own retirement. You know, there's all these things in the financial world that we can't control in the first place. So why would we mess up the things that we can indeed control? That's sort of the question to ponder today. A couple of examples about how people sabotage their own financial health. I'm wondering if you see people doing this, Janine, in your in your experiences. Uh, folks who are obsessing about short-term ups and downs in the market. Market has a good day, they're happy. Bad day, they've got heart palpitations, they're down in the dumps. Do you have a lot of people that come into your office that are experiencing that emotion? Well, I, 
I've had a few clients this year express dismay because last year was so bad. And part of the value of the advisor or the job of the advisor is to basically say, all right, now let's just pull back and look at the market from the 5,000 foot level because you have to pull back to look at history to say, okay, last year was a terrible year, crummy year. It didn't compare to 2008. It was more like a 2015 or 2011. And so let's look at the pattern. And um, when you do that or give them that opportunity to really take a breath and look at the history of the market and all the different asset classes, then they go, oh, okay, now I understand. And I mean, I'm very upfront with clients and I say, yep, last year sucked. (laughs) It just really stunk because in every single case, every, almost every single portfolio across, you know, the market had a, not a great year. And I would say, even if you were predominantly bonds, you didn't have a great year because every time they drop the interest rates, bond prices drop significantly. So um, I, in fact, I just had a lady call me yesterday and she was referred to me. She's a, she's 88. And she said, I don't like my advisor because, you know, my bonds are losing money and my bonds are this and that because she's in laddered bonds. So the market bite, you know, the market's going up and down. Well, so is the bond market. And so there's nowhere to hide when these things happen. So it's much better to understand the market as a whole. And so when people come in and they're upset, I'm pretty upfront with, yep, my money's in the market too. And it's stunk. But here's how we're dealing with it. So when they understand the market as a in a larger context, then they're, they might not be super happy, but the reality is the market goes up and down because if it only went up, you'd never make any money. Hmm. So, you know, it's getting people to understand that. Then the part is of the behavior is really important because people tend to respond with that fight or flight reaction, which we're hardwired to do, and the market makes it even worse. <laughs> so you <laughs> yes. have, yeah, you have to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at explaining things so people don't panic, because the panic is what is going to sabotage your retirement if yep. you, if you act on that. So it's Those emotions get you every time, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, emotions and assumptions will also get you every time as well and uh, that's where uh, we covered in the previous episode of the podcast mentioned it a little bit earlier Uh, go back and listen to the previous episode we talk about starting social security at the wrong time Janine since we just covered that on the previous episode we don't have to dive into that one here but that would just also be added to this list people who have maybe the wrong assumption about social security and just start it you know right when they first can at 62 and don't realize that actually they would have really benefited from waiting till full retirement or structuring that differently. So I, I wanted yeah. to make sure we still mentioned that one, but we don't yeah. have to give a, a, as yeah. big of an explanation there. Yeah, I think people just need to understand that decision in the context of everything else they have going on. I mean, if yeah. Social Security is your only benefit in retirement, that's going to be a major issue. Um, for a lot right. of people in this area, that's not the major issue. So you're really attempting to um, m- maximize the opportunity in some way. And since they changed the laws in 2015, sorry, um, it, it, it's a little more of an impact on when you choose 
Uh, if you want to get more details on the Social Security conversation, go to the previous episode. It's a good one that breaks down common misunderstandings about Social Security. Uh, another one uh, on the list here of sabotaging your own retirement would be those who pretend, and I think this will apply to a lot of people listening to today's show, pretending like the risk of a nursing home stay, you know, it's so far in the future that we don't need to think about it right now. Like, why do we need to address this or have this tough conversation? Well, it, there's actually a misconception that you're going to use nursing home care in, you know, in your 80s and 90s. Most, if you look at the statistics, most people are using nursing home care um, in the event of a severe or catastrophic illness or accident because you need care. Or uh, I, I do have a client that has to have a lot of in-home care right now because she's got several physical issues happening. And that, if you don't have long-term care of some sort, in place, you're paying out of pocket for that care. So everybody is assuming that that's not going to happen until your elderly years, when in fact, most people experience some kind of um, long-term care, nursing care earlier in life. What happens in later life is, yeah, full facility care because you're in a memory care or you're in, you know, you have some kind of physical incapacitation and you need assisted care. But full out facility care, unless you if you don't have dementia or Alzheimer's, the average stay is a year. But it's huh. still you know it's still worth the conversation. And what and what I emphasize most with the folks is you need to have this conversation with your family because what is the care that you want, and can they provide it, and will your assets pay for it? And for those couples who do not have children. That's a tougher conversation because who is your trusted advocate? Great points, Janine. And uh, that's why we throw that one on this list of ways to sabotage your own retirement. Not talking about the tough conversations is certainly one way to do that. Also on the list would be assuming that just because you like your job right now, for those of you who are still working, means that you'll always love it and uh, never want to retire. I'm sure you hear that from folks, right? Well, you know, it's interesting. I just had someone in the office um, a little while, a couple days ago, and he said, you know, he retired, now he's back as a consultant, and he said, the days that I'm home that I don't have to report in, I am bored to tears. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a real issue for folks. If you are physically healthy and you retire at 55, 60, see even 65, you better have something else on the schedule to do <laughs> because you're going to be homicidal <laughs> or your wife will be homicidal. <laughs> you know, got to keep the mind sharp. You right? have to keep the mind sharp. You've got to keep physically active um, because there is a lot to do out there and you need to find what you want to do next. I mean, assuming you like your job now, you might always love it. That might actually be true. Those folks have a tough time leaving, but some, depending on where you work, some employers push you out at certain ages. You know, if you're a radiologist- Might you, not be your choice, right? That's, that's right. I mean, you might be pushed out at 67. You might be pushed out at 70. You know, if you're a firefighter, you're pushed out at 55. Firefighters and, and uh, police officers, you know, line officers are pushed out at 55. That's pretty young, but that's because that type of work is pretty strenuous physically, so generally. So um, people need to find other things to do because you're likely to be in retirement for 30, 35, 40 years. That's a lot of Saturdays. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> a lot of Saturdays when every day becomes essentially Saturday. So, yeah, very mm -hmm. true. 
Uh, last but not least, one more example here. Not identifying how much you need to spend for the rest of your life to have the lifestyle that you want. This one kind of seems obvious, but yet it's so surprising how many people haven't really determined what indeed their need is going to be in retirement. Everybody's kind of made a guess at it, but nobody seems to really truly determine specifically, all right, how much need do we really need to solve for here? I would probably, I would hazard a guess that most people have not done a budget. And when you look at the articles that come out in different advisor magazines, that seems to be the case. And I would postulate that's because we have, as a country, and right now in the economy, more money than we've ever had. I can remember very specifically, my parents counted every dime. And my dad got a dime for lunch. He took his lunch and he got a dime for a Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, It'd be nice if that was still the price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, I mean, there was a time when you had to budget because the income was so limited. Today, people have, they do have much more discretionary income, so they're very used to having that money. So when it goes away in retirement, or if it goes away, and for a lot of people it will, if you don't do an analysis of what does it cost you to live, you have no idea what it's going to cost you when you've retired. And that's where you have to start, because you're going to have to look at potentially moving or changing spending habits, or downsizing travel, or other kinds of things you love to do now for the lifestyle, you know, quote unquote, that you want to have in retirement, because it's going to be different. And if you overspend and over withdraw from portfolios, you will run out of money. Very true. That one is uh, maybe out of all of these, one that is the most dangerous uh, in terms of sabotaging your own retirement, uh, not having that plan in place or that ability to determine just how much you're going to need to maintain your lifestyle will be the one that really puts you off track when it comes to having that solid plan in place. So don't do that. Don't sabotage your own retirement. And Janine, make sure that her planning process walks you through all the proper and necessary steps so that you aren't sabotaging your own retirement, that you're not messing up the things that you can control, but that you're also planning for the things that you can't control. It's, it's that balance between the two. If you'd like to set up a time to meet with Janine to talk about your own situation, uh, 443-718-6311 is the number to call to get in touch. That's 443-718-6311. You can also find her online at theuswealthadvisors.com or just check the description of today's show for all the information that you need. Uh, and you can, of course, find uh, the show, by the way, on all major podcasting apps. We're on Overcast, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll probably find your financial mission. Well, Janine, another great show. Thank you so much for filling us in on some of these uh, sabotaging acts, and uh, hopefully nobody's committing these going forward after listening to today's episode. <laughs> Thanks so much, Walter. It's great talking to you again. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll look forward to chatting again soon on the next episode. Thanks for joining us. For Janine Theus, I'm Walter Storholt. This has been your financial mission. 